It is an amazing, we were last night, we were in the car and driving in from Kansas City, we were visiting some family over there and driving through the Flint Hills is like the sun's coming down. I was like, this ain't bad. This ain't bad. 20 minutes traffic across town. Uh, I was like, you know, Wichita's got some upside and I'm glad the secret isn't entirely out yet. So... Uh, but it was for us. I just want to say, uh, first thing, it, it is an honor and a privilege for Amanda and I to be here to be able to serve with you. Um, we felt called. We felt loved. Um, you took care and you tolerated our children, which is, uh, someone said, hallelujah. And I was like, yeah, we feel the same way. Uh, so we just, on behalf of us and our family, we want to say thank you for the, just arms open wide to us. Uh, as, as visitors, uh, as strangers, and I think it'll be even more so now that we're officially a part of the family. So I think when Rob said you got that weird cousin that you got to hang out with, I'm not sure if he was talking about us or not, uh, but we'll find out. And so, uh, it, but it is, it is an amazing thing. I just want to let you all know, um, it's one thing for, uh, you know, I think for us to, to feel the love, uh, but kids have an amazing unvarnished unfiltered honesty so we were praying this is we got right back from uh from from visiting last weekend we got into kansas city must have been tuesday night or wednesday night i think we were out praying just walking with our kids and uh it wasn't 105 degrees praise jesus uh i was like i'll i'll get dehydrated for a prayer time but i didn't think you know one one lap around the block shouldn't do that so we were walking with our kids and we asked them where do you want to live? Because we've been praying the last few months here about where God is preparing us a home. He's preparing all of us a home, but he's been preparing very, our family a home. And we're like, where do you want home to be? And unanimously, immediately, they're like, Wichita! And I was like, out of the mouth of babes, come on! And uh, I got a very encouraging call from Mark Johnson uh, the next morning. And I saw his, he's like, actually it was a text message, hey bro, yeah. You have a moment to talk. And I was like, in fact, I do. So I just want to say, I, I know many of y'all have been praying, um, and I think the honor, abs, you know, the, the Bible says that honor, we need to give honor where honor is due. And I think in one of those crews, can we just say thank you, the search team, search committee, search and rescue team, uh, working so hard, and thank you guys so much for that. Dale, the board, the extended crew, Mr. President, um, and I asked him, I was like, so do you kiss the ring? What do I do here? I, what's the Wichita protocol here? Uh, and he's like, no. And then uh, we definitely want to say thanks to uh, the, the Bryants, I mean, David and, and Karin hosting us last night. Thank you guys for opening your home. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. We, we had great food uh, last night. We had it this morning. Uh, it's just amazing when you feel like you're coming home. I think that's the way church is supposed to feel for everyone. And my hope is, as we move forward, one of the dreams that we have, and we're going to talk a little bit about this today, um, is that no matter if you're visiting from a congregation on the other side of the planet, or if you're coming in for the first time and all you are is a football player at some local university, or you snuck in here because you found this online, or your neighbor bothered you until you finally said, yes, I'll come to church, fine, just leave me alone. The hope is that everyone that walks in the doors feels like, oh, this feels like I'm coming home. Yeah. Because that, honestly, is far more 
than the power of our blood. It's the power of Jesus' blood working in our lives and through our church. And I think that's what we all want, isn't it? We want our church to feel like this for, that for us, for our kids, for our neighbors, for the strangers, for people who are making, making a lot of money or have no home at all. That this can be home for everyone, and it certainly feels like home for us. So thank you. We're so excited. Someone's like, I was, I was messaging some friends last night and, uh, and telling them, I was like, we, you know, they're like, where are you going? And I was like, Wichita, baby. It's like, go shockers. What do you want from me? It's like, I know when we do, when I, when I fill out my March Madness, I know who's winning. Come on, baby. I know the deal. But I am, I, we're over the moon. Um, thank you for putting up with us. Um, if you got a Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, I have to confess, this is the only sermon I've only written on one verse. And you're like, I thought we were a Bible church. We are. It's one verse of the Bible, and it'll, I think it'll make sense in a moment. But it's a little bit how we're feeling, and I think, I, and I think it's a dream that we also have. It's a wildly familiar parable. But it's amazing to me that I love as I'm reading. Jesus' teachings, I'm reading these conversations, I'm reading uh, especially parables. There's, there's several parables that are a single verse or maybe a verse and a half long. And to me, I love that about Jesus. Is that 2,000 years later, we're still savoring the, like one, one sentence. You're like, man, I'm going to have to go think about that. And it's a little, I love barbecue. Does anybody else love barbecue? Okay. Now, we might have to talk about the actual definition of barbecue and how you achieve victory there. We'll bring a little bit of the, the, the secret knowledge from Texas. We'll blend it a little bit with Kansas. We're, we're all, it's an open table. That's what Rob said here, right? And what I think, what's so amazing is, man, I, I love, I went, actually, the, 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 last, the last meal I had as a stranger in Wichita was with Tony. We went out and got barbecue. It's a great place, actually. Went to Delano's, which was, actually, I think Rob's suggest. Station 8, we talked about Station 8. Someone had recommended. That was, oh, come on, then the wind goes to Gary. That, that sage advice. Don't underestimate. Gary looks casual, but he's deep. He's, he's, white. he's sagacious, right? So he said, you got to try this. And so we went and we got burnt ends. And for me, I feel a little, that's, I mean, I'm from Texas. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing with the moist brisket there, bro? What are you, why are you cutting it up on me? But what I love about it is that if you've ever had it, and some of so if y'all are vegetarians, and, and we'll have to work, you know, there's enough grace to cover over the gap between us. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm the opposite of that. I eat vegetarians. That's why I love vegetarians. But I love those burnt ends, and I think, like, parables like the one we're going to read today are a little bit like that. And you eat it, man, it's explosive, it's delicious, there's so much going on. I love al pastor. So the gringos are like, what is that? We're like, we have so much to learn. We cross-cultural here. We're, and a little bit, if it's done right, you got some, like roasted pineapple, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of spicy. It's much like us in this congregation. And I think these parables, and I think great Bible studies, a little bit like that. It's deep. It's awesome. It's something to chew on. You're thinking about it. And as we read today, I think this, this verse, this sermon, I think is speaking a lot of... Not only how we felt about when we found God's kingdom, but also how we found God's kingdom here in Wichita. Amen. And so I'm hoping that as we talk that this morning that this encourages you and uh, maybe puts a little bit of, uh, put some tools in your box this week as you go back and have some great Bible study. Read with me here. 
this incredibly large passage in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Let's read together. Other church? Yeah. Excellent. Verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's the text today. That's it right there. You're like, man, I need to reread that. Reread it real quick. You got it. We'll all be together. But I think what I love about Jesus is He's teaching people are fishermen. They, they, they're, they're, they're farmers. These are, these are blue-collar uh, Wichitans? Is that right? We were talking about, I was like, how do we identify now? Are we uh, Wichitas? Are we Wichitanians? I'm like, and then I was, I was instructed by Dr. Bryant. And they're like, no, 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 no. You are a Wichitan. And I was like, okay, so is it Wichita? They're like, no, 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 no. Is it Arkansas or Arkansas? It's like, and the answer is, depends. Yeah, I, I heard. It's, it's, it, yeah. That's exact. River. Why is the river treated differently? I don't know. Things we got to learn. Mysteries, that's right, of Kansas and the kingdom of God. And so as we dig in, I'm going to throw a few points out that I think stand out to me. You can go back and find some more this week. But what we find throughout, throughout the entire, well, the Gospels, what we're seeing consistently, particularly three synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are consistently, there's this dose about parables. And parables are fables or stories with this parallel spiritual meaning. So the people, the players, these big details, they have significant eternal truths. And they're meant, and Jesus isn't going out and doing the whole Bible study for you. Some people are like, what's that mean? He's like, why don't you go think about it? He wants you to think about it. He wants you to meditate. He wants you to go back and go, man, and 2,000 years later, we're still meditating on it. And we're still impressed by his wisdom and his teaching, aren't we? Yeah. We're still being changed by it. Yeah. And I think, man, I, I feel like woe to the man who thinks that he's, he's gotten to the bottom of the barrel of the wisdom of the scriptures. I've read it a few times. I got it. I'm like, this is not, this, <laughs> this is not your common textbook, bro. And the wisdom's eternal, and it's deep. So let's talk about a couple of points here this morning. Hopefully this is encouraging to you. At least just having a new voice might be. I don't know. Um, and if you've got feedback, Tony is now the head of HR. He'll take all complaints. Um, not yet. That's right. Not yet. First point I want to talk about is not just a king. Not just a king. I don't know about you, how many of us grew up going to church a little bit? Maybe very religious. Keep your hand up if you felt like some of those experiences burned you. I know for me, I was looking for truth when I was in the end of high school, my junior, senior year. I mean, I went to like two dozen groups. Uh, I went to, went to Young Life. I went to, I mean, I, I talked to a Buddhist monk. I went to a mosque. I went, I went to several churches, non-denominational, four-square, pick your thing. I went, most, a good chunk of my family's Mormon. Uh, so, I, I mean, we, I was looking for truth, and I went. And you know what I found is I kept finding men that, that I was like, I just don't want to be like you. And I kept finding my, men without, they had the title of Christian, but they didn't have the character. And I kept going, man, I, I, Christian or not, man, I just don't want to be a man like that. And I found these experiences of hypocrisy, and I kind of get, it got such a bad taste in my mouth. I stopped searching. Praise God. 
I don't know if that's like you. Maybe you grew up in a church where you're supposed to be loved, and in fact, you got abused. You got neglected. Mom and dad, man, they're strong Christians, and man, you watch them get divorced, and you go, oh, this is the hope I'm supposed to have in the kingdom? And I'm an only child. I grew up an only child of a single dad. How many, any only children in here? God bless us. <laughs> we are a weird crew. I'll be honest. Uh, people are like, are, you know, people are like, Jeff, you're, you're such an extrovert. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm a very well-trained introvert. Uh, no. And, and so I, I'm an only child. My dad's a single dad, ex-military guy. Am I giving some feedback? Nope. Okay. We got AV guys running and gunning here. That's good. Thank you, bro. We going to change me up? Yep. Take a moment. Pray to the Lord in gratitude for the AV team. Can I take this off? Yeah, to talk to the new minister and get a new mic or something, huh? Or teach him how to use one. Amen. Can you guys hear me? Excellent. Thank you, Bryce. It's kind of like a ninja with an exceptional beard. Yeah. Inconspicuous, that's right. But if you're, but like I said, I, I'm an only child. And I married a twin. Yeah, there's a whole dissertation in the psychology department waiting to be written on that, like the first five years of that marriage. And I remember the first time we went out on a date. So I bought, I bought us coffee cake. She goes, hey, could, could, we, could we split that? And I was like, Absolutely. So what did she do? She cut it in half. She took the top half with all the crumble. And I was, I'm starting, we're not even, we're not even steady dating yet. I'm counting the cost. I'm like, I'm like stunned. That is, I was like, okay. I was like, mathematically, we split that. Fair enough. But that, we didn't split it in value. She cut the top half off and all the crumble. I feel like that's universally understood. Some truths are cross-cultural and eternal. Don't take all the crumble, man. I remember right after we got married. Actually, no, we, were just start, we just started dating. Went to a barbecue place. Sitting next to each other. And in good barbecue, you don't have plates. You, you know, you got your, got your paper. Oh, we didn't have a tray. Didn't even have a tray back in my day. <laughs> you know, your paper, your butcher paper, we're eating. Awesome pieces of brisket. She was like, just very casually came over, stuck a fork and ate my food. I was like, actually bothered. <laughs> I was like, back off. And... It would, you know what I'm saying? I was like, and I didn't, thankfully, I like resisted the, the, the counter fork in the, you know, in the hand. I resisted for a moment. And I was like, man, I, I grew up. The, there was a very steep learning curve. And then we had two daughters back, back. And I was like, man, I'm learning. I'm growing. God's like, we got to stretch this boy out. And you know what? I was like, man, I, I didn't grow up sharing. I never had to guard my food. I never had to share my food. And if I left a piece of pie in the fridge, when I came back, the whole piece was there. The crumble wasn't gone, half the best part went out. I didn't have to mark it with a note. Some of us are, I don't only, you know, I was like, 
you know, only, only child syndrome. And don't get me wrong, there's a beautiful connection I have with my dad. My dad's, my dad's awesome. We were best friends growing up. My dad was Superman. I didn't have to share my dad. I didn't have to share my food. Didn't have to share anything. All the resources, if I wanted something, there wasn't another, I wouldn't, there was no market of competition with another kid. It was all me. And sometimes we come to church and that's how we want it. Jeff, I didn't come for the kingdom. I came for the king. Thank you. And I can understand that. Jesus is perfect. Having a relationship with him is easy. He's incredible. He's always listening to prayers. He always understands. He always connects. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows the depths of you and loves you. And there's always a place. You cannot earn the place at that, that table. He's, he's poured himself out. And I think sometimes what happens is we come to church or we, and we've done this a while or we're coming back and, or maybe we've seen it growing up and we've been burned and you're like, Jeff, Thanks for the kingdom. I'll pass on that. All I want is the king. Thank you. And that's not the Bible. And that's not what Jesus is offering. It's not just a king. And I think sometimes when we've been here a while, we start wanting to treat this thing like a buffet. I've been around. I tried everything. That's what we tell our kids. You got to try everything twice. If you don't like it, we're open to that. If it gets back on your plate in four days, you're going to try it twice again. So we're going to, we're going to get warmed up. But you come to church, and you're like, yeah, I've tried discipling. Thank you. Prayer partnerships, call it what you want. I've tried that a few times. Thank you. I'll pass. Ooh. Oh, oh, modern worship. Great. Oh, the older stuff. Thank you. I'm more contemporary. I'll take that. Bible study. I've read the Bible a few times. I don't really need quiet times. You don't need to ask me about that. Oh, but the podcast. I'll take some more of that. Can we get some more deep teaching? Maybe can we do a full day Saturday? And what we start doing is we find ourselves kind of going to the buffet and choosing what we want, and we're missing out about the whole spread that God has put on the table. And it's so incredible. And it's not just a king. Even though we want it to be sometimes. Is that we, this is a team sport. It's not golf. You don't have someone carrying your bag and giving you advice when you ask, hey, what do you think on this? That's not Christianity. It's a team sport, baby. And God's got a total plan for his kids, for you and me and our friends, and it is meant to be a kingdom. Now, that also means it's a kingdom and not a democracy. It's not President Jesus, right? I'll vote him out. I didn't really like that policy about, you know, being pure. I'll, I'll take something else, thank you. It's not how it works. But the depth fellowship, the vulnerability, the honesty that sometimes feels like a burden, but honestly couldn't. I'm so glad God commanded confession. I probably wouldn't do it if he didn't. But on the other side of confession has been my best friendships. The men that have given me advice. I bet you can remember a conversation that you walked in one person and walked out another. That's the kingdom. There were 49,449 suicides last year in the United States alone. I think by the time I'm done with this sermon, something like 200 people have taken their lives. They're putting guns, handfuls of pills in their mouths because they don't have what we call another boring Sunday morning. It's a kingdom. We're built for this. We're designed for this, but this is a blessing. 
and it's not done on the screen. And if you got to be at home watching, we're so glad you're tuning in. That's a decent substitute, but it's not the kingdom. It's not convenient. It's deep. It's expensive, but it's worth it. It's not just a king. And I remember I was at the University of Washington studying the Bible. And you got to realize it's slightly different than Kansas. So when you talk about the religious experience in Seattle, no, you might down here, you might get just the random person. You're like, how are you doing? I'm feeling kind of sick. And they're like, can I lay hands on you and pray for you? You're like, no, I'm good. Just some Advil would be great, right? I mean, that, that's the experience in Texas. So maybe Kansas got a little bit of that. Oh, no. In Seattle, they're like, ooh, can I put a crystal on it? I'm like, what? They're like, we'll give you an amethyst. That will help with your headaches. I'm like, I'll pass. Thank you. You know, it's just funny, man. It's a whole different thing. Down in South Texas, they might put Windex on it or rub an egg on it. We got all sorts of culture. We got everything going around. Come on, Texas, man. South Texas, baby. That's a whole other animal. But Kevin grew up like I did. There was a lot of kind of naturalism, spiritualism. There was not a lot of nature worship in their family. It was kind of, you know, hippie crowd. It was, it was wild. I mean, he didn't grow up with Jesus, similar to me. But I remember what Kevin Quintus, his name, great friend, he's got, and I remember we were studying the Bible, and I remember what he said. He goes, Jeff, you got to understand, I wanted what you guys had before I knew it was God. What I watched, that John 13, 34, and 35, that love that I witnessed, that honest-to-goodness connection, that, that, that real diversity and real unity, the real love, the real acceptance, the real honesty. I wanted that before I could, I knew it was God that gave it. Military folks that go to war and come back, they talk about brotherhood. Yeah. It's not about like you hood. Right. Yeah. It's deeper than that. It's real. People that are on teams together. When you got to trust your life or trust your safety in someone else's hands, it's not about how do I feel about you. It's, man, we're making an oath. Yeah. That's what we got, and that's a gift. This isn't just a king. We get a whole kingdom here, and that's what this parable and many others are saying. The parable of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. You don't show up to heaven and have a one-on-one -on -one with God for eternity. That's not it. It's a party. Yeah. It's a banquet. Yes. And it's better together. Amen. What do you want this morning? Because you, you often get what you give. Are you here for just a king? Has the kingdom worn you out? There's probably some bad joke to be made that, you know, the kingdom with only a king is just dumb. You know, there's probably some terrible bad dad joke. My wife's been watching these, was it Talks on a Dock? This terrible bad joke, dad jokes, and they're holding it to each other. Oh, amazing. You got to love a good dad joke. But I want to encourage you this morning. Are you here just for the king? Don't stop there. Don't stop there in your life. Don't stop there in your time. Don't stop there in your heart. And don't ever forget the gift that you're giving when you bring someone and you open this door to somebody else. Amen. It's not that it's perfect. Right. It's that it's real and that it's honest. Jesus is perfect. That's the only one that needs to be. Yeah. But we've got to see it and we've got to love it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's talk, second thing is I want to talk about is perspective is everything. Let's read it again, this very long passage. Just to remind us, what are we talking about here? They say repetition helps, I guess. In verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Isn't it true? Entitlement is ugly. Is that not true? You ever met someone and they're just kind of entitled? They're awesome. 
And isn't it, isn't it great that I'm here with you today? Like, have you ever seen, like, walked around, talked with someone, and been like, ugh. Like, that's just, it's kind of ugly, isn't it? I'm like, I've never walked away going, I want to hang out more with someone like that. Man, I want to be like that. Don't, no, I'm like, I've never felt like that. But gratitude, gratitude's beautiful. Can you remember someone that you know that's just genuinely, deeply, consistently grateful, no matter what happens? I bet you can think of someone. I thought we met a lot of those people when we were in Wichita. We, we were hanging out with Rob and Elia. It was great. Elia just cooks delicious things. And I'm like, everyone's grateful when she comes and hangs out. Oh, I just brought this little something. I'm like, your little something is like manna from heaven. You're like stuffed with fruit and a crumble on top, right? I mean, it's amazing. And that's why I'm like, and that's why Rob stays happy and athletic. That's exactly right. Come on, baby. That's right. And I'm like, grateful. You see him? I'm like, bro, how are you? He's like, I'm great. I'm like, of course you are. And gratitude, it's beautiful. It's refreshing. It brings beautiful and refreshing things into our lives. And I think, what's, what's the difference between entitlement and gratitude? It's not circumstances. It's you. What we're a part of here, gang, is a kingdom. And there is a king. And it's not you. That's actually incredibly good news. Which means that you don't have to be responsible for reproducing changed lives every time one walks in the room. You don't have to judge the universe. The weight of every miracle is not on your shoulders. You don't have to know everything and be everywhere. That's good news, isn't it? You're like, but I like jewelry and I want a crown. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Because when you pick up that crown, you pick up everything that comes with it. You know what? I'll just show up and let him stay on the throne. How about you? And that means it's not about you and me. It's about him. And it's about us. And I, sometimes I want it to be about me. But, and it's kind of, isn't it kind of easy to kind of slip into the selfishness thing? Have you ever felt yourself like going that way? You feel like a toddler and you're like, I know I'm going there and I shouldn't, but I kind of don't care, right? You're like, I'm throwing a tantrum like mid-slot. You can feel your train. Anybody else or just me? Okay, we're all family here, just confessing. We're just talking. But self-centered people, no matter how much money, no matter how many resources, no matter what century, they are unhappy people. It's a curse. It's a prison we build for ourselves. Isn't it? It's a slavery where the master is never, ever satisfied because it's you. And the slave, you, can never work hard enough to please him. It's a terrible place to be. And Jesus goes, take that yoke off. Take mine. Make him king. Not king, kind of. He's not the prime minister. He doesn't get responsibility over some things. We crown him king. And there's so much freedom on the other side of that. But how do we get our perspective to change here? Because he's talking about the kingdom of heaven is like this guy that finds a treasure in a field. How does that have anything to do with Jesus being the king? Well, my question is, in the field you're on, what's the treasure? Are you the most valuable thing? Are you the treasure? In your own eyes, you walk in and go, man... Isn't it great that I'm here this morning? Isn't it awesome? 
Man, isn't it, you are blessed that I am here. Now, we often don't say that. We're better trained than that, right? We don't say it quite like that, but we, it comes in different ways. It's like, man, I'm, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little talented for this group. I'm a little tall and handsome. I've got a great beard. I've got a better beard than the rest of you. I, I do not, clearly. I don't think that way. Or, hey, I'm a little more athletic. I'm a little cooler than people. I've got a little more money. I got a little more swag than everyone else. What we start to do is we just kind of become a little valuable in our own eyes. You ever felt like that? I know I have. And on the other side of that is just, it's me being miserable. It's one of the things I love. The first time I came to church, you remember the first time you came to church? I do. It was up in Seattle. It's a Wednesday night. Uh, and they were announcing, actually, the Spokane Church Planting, which is in Seattle. It's like eastern Washington. And, uh, and you're like, <laughs> some people don't know. They're like, ugh, eastern Washington. It's actually awesome. Uh, and it's a defi- it's very, it couldn't be the other, farther from the other side of the coin from, from Seattle, but they were announcing that. And I remember I went for the first time kind of kicking and screaming, to be honest with you. And Alex Whitaker, who had met, you know, met me with a guy named Corbin Anderson, they were studying the Bible. He said, come to church. And I was like, thanks. I've gone to church before, and I've gotten burned. And I, I'm, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm transforming, and I'm changing, and I don't want that to happen again. I love what I'm finding. I love that I'm finding God. And if I come and get burned again, I think I'm going to close the door, and it won't ever open again. And I remember what Alex said. He goes, trust me, I won't let you down. And I went, oof. Talk about pu- pushing all in on, the, on your cards, right? And I remember going to midweek that night. And I looked around. And you know what the thing, the number one thing, almost 21 years later that I still remember, is how many interracial marriages there were. That's the first thing I saw. Because you, I, all my best friends were black or brown. I, I grew up, I've like been a minority everywhere I've lived. It's kind of funny. I just, it's how it's worked. Like my best friend, you know, I mean, they're, they're much better looking, athletic. I'm the guy that Rob was talking about that was always picked last. My best friend's like team captain. I'm like, throw me a bone, bro. He's like, no, we'll hang out after. I'm like, oh, amen. Praise God. Thank you kickball I don't have enough leverage length in my legs or whatever I was like get out of my face come on man uh, I'll, I'll be hype man I'll be you know I'll, no I didn't it wasn't enough to get me on the team but I remember walking away going you can be friends with someone who's black or brown when you're white being married to him and going home with him that's a whole other animal it's a whole nother commitment and I looked around and I'm like but it wasn't like hey do you see how diverse we are isn't it awesome it's like Everyone was kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, what else would you be? And it blew me away. And I've experienced that in Joburg, where we know we're talking with certain, you know, Johannesburg, South Africa. A lot of members became, you know, disciples during apartheid. The first time they ever hugged someone with a different skin color was at church. I came to Wichita and I felt the same way. I walked in, people were hugging me, and I'm like, like I'd been here for years. Like one of their kids, they're like, hey, do you need some food? I'm like, oh, I am home. This is great. Need some cobbler? Yes, I, I don't need it, but uh, I, I want to be honest, but I, I will absolutely accept. And you know what? What's happened is sometimes we forget what it's like to feel it like it was the first time. I think that's why Jesus is prodding the church in Revelation 2. Like, go back to your first love. Like, feel this like you did the first time. Because your perspective about it is everything. Do you understand how valuable this thing we have is? That the treasure we have in one another, 
This kingdom is a treasure hidden in a field that you and I found one time and that some people haven't. This is a beautiful thing. Is it still a treasure to you? Man, I was at the Jubilee a couple weeks ago. I've still been thinking about Willie's lesson. Man, is, the, is, it still, is it still wonderful, God's light? Is, is the church still wonderful? And I go, man, is this still a treasure to you? Is it? I remember going to parties, man, and guys were handing me drinks. I didn't know what was in them. And I know what they were putting in the girls' drinks. I know what that environment, to be unsafe, pursue the world's version of fun, wake up to next to someone, you're like, I don't know your name, and I don't remember what we did or didn't do. And we come to the kingdom, we come to church, and we can be our full selves. We show up, we're honest, we're real, and we can be transformed. That is a treasure. It's amazing what we have here. But we can miss it, can't we? And I want to ask you, I don't know how long you've been here. Maybe some of us have been around for years, maybe decades. You go, it's just Wichita, what's the big deal? I know what it likes, I know what it's like. It's fresh in my mind the first time I came in these church doors. Maybe you come into the same building, you're like, Ugh, I hate that brick red. Can we change it? <laughs> like pews? Ugh. Anybody still see yeah, that's a knowing laugh. You know, we're like, oh, okay, bro, amen, okay, fair enough, all right. <laughs> You're like, I just confessed that last night. Did my wife talk to you? No, no one called me, not yet. What happens is you kind of come in and you go, you miss this beautiful treasure because you're too fixated on the old wallpaper. The wrong things catch our perspective and the way you see it, that it's a treasure again. This isn't good news because it's new news. It's good news because Jesus is good. And that grace is real and it's renewed every day. And actually like a great marriage or a fine wine, the older it is, the better it gets. If we see it for the treasure, it is. Are you still entering and finding a treasure? I don't need to chew on that question. Because if it's not a treasure to you, you won't share it like it is. Some of us go, Jeff, man, how do I get my, vi- my vision and my vigor to share my faith again? See this treasure you have in your hands. And when you feel like you're sitting on a stack of golden tickets, you're like, dude, get in here. It's a winning lotto ticket. I can't cash them all and get in here. It changes how we feel about it. And that's, I think, what Jesus is really talking about in Luke 9 and Luke 14 when it talks about the shame, those that are ashamed. Versus people who find pride. The opposite is, I love what I have. Is it perfect? No. But this is my team. This is my family. And you'd be blessed to be a part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. How's your perspective this morning? I, have you been busy trying to be king or queen of your life? You can enjoy it or you can run it. You can't really do both. I, my strong recommendation is let Jesus be king of everything. What's, is there any pockets in your heart and your life that Jesus stopped? You kind of you kicked him out of the throne. Thanks, Jesus. I'll take over for the finances. Good point, Rob, but I'll, I'll take that. I'll take the music. But Jesus, I'm going to take control back of the finances. I really want the new iPhone. I don't really like the sacrifice and the giving. Or is it, is, it, is it your dating? Is it your sexuality? Is it your politics? What is it for you? And sometimes it changes over years. But when we see this kingdom and the treasure it is, we want him to be king and we want the full family. Because we see it for what it is. Does that make sense this morning? 
How's your gratitude? Who's the king? And do you love the whole kingdom? Let's do it. Last point. Now this making sense? Makes sense in my mind. It's what I need. I hope it's helping you. Third point I want to say is just buy the field. Let's read it one more time just in case we forgot it, huh? It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now you're like, one, why in the world did some dude bury a treasure in a field? Well, it's because like Bank of America wasn't around. <laughs> Can I make a deposit of all my gold bullion? No, uh, they didn't have that. Or like what, you're going to contract the Romans to, to, to guard your treasure for you? No. Uh, no, thank you very much. Oh, you had treasure. We could tax it. You're like, oh, no. No, you're, you want something you want to give to your kids? You're like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got this field. Let me bury it, huh? That looks good. It's like a chipmunk or something. You know, you want to bury this, I'll come back. I happen, though, any, any dads with young kids, if you've ever been walking around kissing your kids goodnight, there's a beautiful blessing and a curse called Legos. You can construct your mechanical engineering future and instill the seeds of vision, or you could step on one in the dark and lose your faith for like three minutes. The words that have come out of young father's mouth at 3 a.m., you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you, like, I just imagine. Is that, is that how he found that treasure that day? I don't know. I imagine not. And there's something, there's something supernaturally sharp at the end of those guys. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, you don't expect it, but it is life-altering, is it not? Yeah. And I wonder about this. And God's going, this is, guys, this is what... The kingdom of heaven is like. There's this treasure hidden in the field, and it makes you, these, these parables are meant to make you ask questions. What? Why? What's going on here? Because these are people where he's teaching and communicating in a way that, that would have been a part of their everyday life. They'd go, I get that. That's what, I, that's what I've done with my treasure. 50 yards out in the backyard, I've got our treasure buried because I don't want anybody to know about it. It's supposed to look like normal grass. I don't want anybody to know. It's to keep it safe. And this guy finds not just this, it's not just treasure, it's not just some money. Is anybody else like treasure hunters by nature? Like, like antique shops, use bookstores. I, I will, you go, I go to the beach or I go, like I'm walking around. I, first, I don't know why I've done this. Since I'm a kid, I'm constantly looking around thinking I'm going to find the ancient cat vase from the Ming Dynasty that's worth $6 billion. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Have you seen like the, what is it like the used treasure road show? You've seen them at three o'clock in the morning. You can't sleep. I found this ugly cat vase and I thought, and it was worth $3 million. You're like, I, I want to be that guy, right? Now the chance is like probably worse than hitting the lotto. So I'm, but I'll be like scanning, like I'm walking, I'm looking for cash. Did someone drop something? And I've actually found money. You know, found, you're like, ooh, 150 bucks. Hey, it's nice. Yeah, it's great. I love that treasure hunting aspect about it. It's fun. And this guy's out. He finds, he stumbles, in fact, on this treasure. But my question, though, is he found it. And how you, and this is the thing. 
It is not a question of if you find Jesus and the truth. The question is, what will your response be? There is no shortage of whatever version of Jesus you want there on the internet, on YouTube. You can find every version and flavor of teaching that will fit your itching ears. You can. But you can even come into a place as imperfect as we are. We don't believe we are the one church. We believe we are part of God's one true church. We do believe that. And that we're going to stand on his truth and we're going to be a part of that church. But we're not the only ones. Are you kidding me? That's nuts. That doesn't make any sense. As if every person that's a part of our church automatically is a Christian. Everyone's got to make that call. It's not about what membership role you're on. It's about who's king of our lives. Does that make sense? And I think that's why we always wake up every morning and we make that decision to follow Jesus. But our response to Jesus and finding this kingdom is everything. Why does the man find the treasure and then he goes back and buries it? It's bothered me forever. I'm like, clown, put it in your pickup truck and go bye-bye. What are we doing? You found it. Treasure, middle of nowhere? And the answer is because he wanted it to be rightfully his. He wanted to own it. Because if you take it and it isn't yours, you've only stolen it. It is ill-gotten gain. It is not rightfully yours. This guy wants the treasure and it's worth more than everything he has. And I think about this and we're, we are in a, 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 a time, we're in this period where we're made, it's almost kind of a, a, a Christian minimalism. Where Christianity, it, it places some sort of a high value on doing nothing, being nothing, giving nothing, sacrificing nothing. And I think we're trying to uphold the grace and the mercy and the glory of God that, he, that Jesus on the cross is everything. We don't earn it. And that's totally right. But not earning the love of my wife doesn't mean it doesn't change how I live and where, who I am. That's crazy. It's radically changed my life, certainly in a romantic sense, and shouldn't it? Yeah. If my, my wife loves me, I've given this promise, but yet I'm like flirting and going out on dates with other women. You're like, Jeff, what's wrong with you? As you should. Yeah. Well, hey, get off my back, bro. I don't, I, don't, I don't earn my wife's love. You'd be like, you don't understand how love is, bro. And we get, live kind of in this, this pattern right now where we, we kind of do nothing and respond nothing. And I don't need to give any contribution. I don't have to give my heart. I, I don't need to show up. And man, I don't even got to put pants on and leave the house and come to church. I'll just watch it whenever I'm convenient. And, and it becomes about convenience and about me and about what I want. And I don't have to do anything. Don't ask me. Accountability becomes this kind of four-letter word. And the truth of it is, is we kind of spin God's grace into a license to just live for ourselves. And we lose the freedom, and we lose the relationship, and we lose the community because the kingdom isn't worth selling everything we have and buying it for. Does that make sense, family? My question is, are you still all in? Is this treasure worth everything you own? Is this kingdom worth everything you own? And I think I want to brag on this church for a second. We've been, we, we, we left, well, we arrived in the United States on the 4th of July. And into Houston, we started interviewing, we were praying, we've been praying, God, just 
we, we want to feel called. We want to we wanna know where we're supposed to be. We want to go where you... We went to Brazil because God closed the door, and African opened this door. Okay, God, we're... we're you know, John 3 about the wind. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit is a wind. It blows where it wants. We're like, we just want to be good sailboats. Where are we going? Show us where we're going. And that, that's what we prayed, and we tried to teach our kids with... We'd cry, try to cry in private as much as we could and tell our kids, God's preparing us a home, and oh, we'll be patient. It's going to be awesome. We're like, I just want to stop driving. Uh, not another Airbnb, right? We're just like lamenting. It's like, you know, instead of the book of Job, it's the book of Jeff, which is ridiculous. God's like, quiet, boy, you're eating, you're fine. We got, you know, it was great. Everyone was generous, but it was hard. We had some amazing times as we went and interviewed, and we're like, God, just show us where we're supposed to be. Came here to Wichita. And some people that love this church very dearly, they like, they've been through it. Past year or so, 14 months, it's been hard. Talked with Tim and Wendy. And I think if Tim's watching this, Tim and Wendy, you guys are heroes. I think if we have a Mount Rushmore in the middle of Wichita, I think we put their faces on it, huh? They're fantastic. Long arms, big hearts, reaching all the way across state lines to come and love our church. But people can help all they want. You've got to make the decision if you're going to do the hard work to heal and love and to move forward. And decide, will I still sell everything and buy this field? Will I buy it all? Warts and all, the full treasure, every member, every person, just like Rob said today, it's every one of us. That's the treasure. The treasure isn't this building. This building's going to go away. It's the souls and the people that are sitting in it. And it's also the men and women that are going to be in every one of these empty seats. And that this, that that the tenacity and the perseverance and the vision and the faith of no, we're not going to let this ship go down. We're going to rally with each other. We're going to pray. We're going to forgive. We're going to get together and doggone it, Jesus is going to be glorified. And you know what? I think he is. I think Jesus and the angels are looking down at Wichita and applauding because a lot of people have thrown in the towel and said, it's too hard. I'm out of here. They've done it in different cities and different times and in different generations. And I am so overwhelmingly proud of this church because it's hard work to go, I'm going to sell everything again. We've sold everything several times to move it's a different thing when we, when we push all in on Jesus and his church and we go, I'm dead serious about this, this is his family. And I'm, it's hard again, and I'm pushing all in. And that decision, it's courageous. And I think God goes, that's what I'm talking about. And I think, God's, I think, I think our best years are ahead. Do you? And what happens is when you, sell, when you get all in you, and you push it all, you start to find that this stuff that I sold is not nearly as valuable as this treasure I found. And I keep digging and I keep uncovering and it's the people and it's the relationships. And that treasure doesn't just stay valuable for you. Now we have something that we take into our community and go, we, we don't act like we're the only ones that have found it, but we're beggars that have found very good bread. We found very good peach cobbler, cherry cobbler, whatever berry Elia has found in season, right? And we go, we've got, we've got something to share. And church, I just want to say for us, we pushed all in. Um, we were talking, I think it was two nights, I my, all my days are blurring together. I was talking with Dale, Mark, 
Uh, those guys have worked tirelessly. The board, Queen Barb, as she is named. If you've seen Trolls World Tour, uh, where, you know, my kids are like, Queen Barb, we found her. And I was like, I don't know if she's like a heavy metal gal, but we'll get there. We'll work on it. We've got a great, a great Halloween costume for you there, Barb. Uh, my, my, my daughter, Junie, would freak out. Queen Barb, Bennett. Yeah, it's great. Barracuda right there. That's what we'll, that'll be for the passing of the communion that weekend. It'll be Barb playing Barracuda for us all. But I think, I, you can't wait. Oh, man. We're going to have the kids stay in service that day. Friends, we're so overwhelmed to be here with you. We're pushing all in. Someone goes, man, you, when did you accept the job? I was like, yesterday. Where are you going to be tomorrow? Preaching. Where? My new home. Wow, that was fast. Is there another speed we should go? This is home. I think, friends, I think God's dreaming for us. And I want to encourage us all that this, this treasure we have all found, let's make sure it's still treasure. That we're still willing to go. No, no, we're all in. All the way. That it's our wealth, it's our hearts, it's our pain, it's our experiences, it's our talents. We're pushing it all in. Not just because it makes the experience until Jesus come back better, but it'll bring men and women with us too. Friends, this is something special. It's special. And I want to thank you guys for allowing us to be a part of your family. And I want to encourage us, the best days are left to come. This treasure will not stay in our field. We're not keeping it to ourselves. And I think not only will it grow in our hearts, I'm excited the way God is going to grow our church in the days, weeks, and years to come together. God bless you, and thank you for having us here in Wichita with you.